Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes. On today's show, I'm going to be talking with SK No Edit. He's got this really cool video out now. It is called Head Case. We're going to talk about that, how everything came together, and really what impact he's making online and on YouTube. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Kelly. Um, it's super awesome to meet you. Thanks for having me on Rising Star. Um, yeah, just honored to be here. So when you dropped the video, what was the first response you got? Oh, man. You know, I think I think my sister was one of the first people to respond. She always gives me, like, the most honest feedback. You know, it's, it's funny because I've made a lot of songs over time, and she... Uh, she'll keep it a buck with me all the time she'll say like you know if she sees uh, you know here's a song that she's not really into she'll just flat out say like i don't really like that one and uh you know as much as that can be hard to hear at times it's always helpful to know you know when she actually does like something it, you know you're getting real feedback and um so when she saw a head case she was like hey you know this is this is pretty sick the the drone footage is crazy. The guitar solo is crazy. And, um, you know, for me, it was really refreshing to hear. Um, so she was one of the first people I heard from. But, you know, I, I've received a lot of positive feedback and honest feedback from, you know, fans, family, friends, etc. And it's been um, it's been a really cool thing to to see. Yeah, and I like how you combine the singing with the rapping. Because the, the rap doesn't come in right away. You kind of have this very smooth uh, singing style. So how do you balance the two? Yeah, so, you know, I think um, it is funny because generally, you know, artists are not, like, you're supposed to kind of have a lane, right? And um, and know what your lane is and, and make sure that you, you know, you're not like, oh, you know, I, I sing and dance and rap and produce and do all this and that and, and make it hard for people to figure out exactly who your identity is within this this game um you know for me what really came about is you know i i spent a few years um just like basically exclusively rapping um and i was working with you know a certain group of people and it ended up um you know kind of for one reason or another, not working out. But what happened was in that time period, I'd really, you know, honed some of my rapping skills. Um, but coming out of that, it gave me this refreshing opportunity to revisit singing and to say, okay, you know, both of these things can coexist in my music. And actually the fact that they do coexist is what makes it unique or cool or different. Um, you know, we talk about groups like Linkin Park or, you know, like that and we haven't really seen like a mike shinoda combined with like a chester in a long time and not saying that i'm necessarily either one of those guys but you know you look at it and there's there's space in the game for that so um it's it's a style that i've always loved and that has resonated with me and i think it you know it is when when you can figure out how to make it work it's a really cool like synergy because you do have a bit of a alternative edge to you, you know, at first glance. But what I like about the song is 
You know, you have this very vulnerable, you know, delivery at the same time, which I think a lot of people, you know, rappers or singers, you know, you got this tough edge, but, you know, people, I think, are responding to the vulnerable side, too. Uh, are you, you mean like in the messaging of the song? Like the, the messaging, the I think the, the, the performance. And it's really cool because it's not just like one note or, or one intensity. You know, you've got the, the more sensitive sides, you have the harder edge side. And I think that's one thing that makes this song successful. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. I think for one, um, one thing that's been really important to me over time and also to my, you know, to the team that I'm that I'm working with is, um, you know, the producers I work with and whatnot is to make sure that the song stays very dynamic. Um, so, you know, for instance, making sure that there are a lot of melodic changes that, you know, when it comes to rapping, that it's not a stagnant flow throughout, you know, 16 bars. Um, making sure that the hooks continue to build throughout the song, you know, taking a very nuanced approach to, you know, really building out the music. Um, and it's challenging because I think sometimes there's this urge to, to kind of take the easy way out and slip back and be like, ah, but, you know, it's, it's easy to, you know, in some sense, when you think about writing a first verse, the first verse is whatever kind of comes to your mind to write then. Um, and then the second verse to be like, okay, I have to buck a little bit of what was intuitive and, and think outside the box and how I can, can get something different and, but as impactful as whatever I did in the first verse, you know, it's, it's certainly a challenge. So I think you get, you know, that intensity mixed with that vulnerability partially because it's designed to be a journey throughout it's not designed to you know stay in one spot and just stay there for the whole song um mm -hmm. and you know i think fortunately for me i've been the people who i work with are um they you know you know like i said they'll keep it real and they'll tell me hey look that sounds there's just not enough happening there. Like rewrite it, try again. Um, but also, it's good to have those those. Well, it's good to have those people around you as the the sounding board. Yeah, for sure. Um, you definitely don't want yes men around you because then it, you know you kind of get to this point where you're not really sure um, what the authentic response is. Um, what was it? Is and, that a New York thing? you know straight talking you know you know no no uh no uh fluffing it up you just get straight <laughs> to the point yeah i mean i guess yeah you know it it is uh i guess it is a little bit of a new york thing um for me you know sometimes yeah i think when you're out around here you have to have a little bit of a thick skin but i think that's part of art in general right like um you know being able art's very subjective and being able to take subjective criticism um it can be tough sometimes you know because there have been times where i've like poured my heart and soul it feels like into writing a verse 
to you know share it with my team and for them to come back and be like that's just not it <laughs> and it's like that moment where first like I'm so angry and I'm so frustrated like ah shit I just spent all this time and energy building out this this verse from top to bottom um you know I I thought through all the lyrics I you know and uh to have to scrap and start over you know in the moment it hurts but in the long run it uh it pays off and um yeah well i'm curious what you know inspired you like so you're in the bronx so is that where you grew up no so actually i grew up in new jersey um and okay. you're in you're based in the bronx now yeah i grew up in new jersey i spent some time in boston i went to college out there um okay so i was trying to figure out maybe i hear a little boston in you yeah maybe i so i first started getting into really creating music when i was in boston um and then i moved back um and and settled into the bronx um and you know for me part of the intensity and the you know that you hear in headcase is because i was um you know, my main hustle for most of my life was as an athlete and I was super, super competitive. And it's it, it's something that music now um, manifests for me because, you know, I was a, a college athlete, um, a runner for both cross country and track and field um, and ended up having, you know, some career ending injuries that left me kind of trying to figure out where to take all that energy that I had and where to put it. Um, and I'd always loved music, um, but I had never taken the time to really create music. And so I, it was almost like taking that competitive and passionate energy that I'd put into athletics and bringing it over into, um, into music. And it's been a really rewarding process for me. You know, it's like, you lose one thing, but you know life gives you another. So, um, well, let's just you know talk about the title of your song, Headcase. You know, in your uh, press release, you wrote something very interesting. Uh, it says that you take on the topic of mental health, but you also uh, own and rewrite the meaning of your own journey through mental struggles. Sounds like you're very you know upfront with all this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've had a, I've had a number of mental health. Um, yeah, I guess struggles is the best word. And, you know, for me, my way of dealing with it was to kind of brute force through it, um, to, to be this person who is resistant to help, um, to basically. What was part of this, what was part of this related to the pressure of sports because i know one big thing that you know was a part of the conversation i, I think it was simone biles who opted yeah. out of some olympic uh competition because uh she wanted to uh take care of her mental health and i think a lot of people for the first time discovered just the intense pressure that athletes are under yeah i mean so I think it's, you know, two things. I think you have, um, I, w I guess I would say that 
yeah, being an athlete, there's a lot of pressure. Um, there was actually, um, you know, a point where I was a top seeded cross country runner in the country in college. And, um, and my race did not end up like, you know, the nationals race that I ran did not end up manifesting in that manner. I, uh, I ended up running, you know, in a way that I was disappointed in and I didn't feel reflected that ranking. Um, but that being said, you know, so there is that pressure to perform. Um, but I think there's also, to be honest, you know, the underlying stuff that drives someone to be competitive or to be, you know, for me, I always had a driving force for being an athlete in terms of, um, you know, at the time I had felt like it was, it was very much, you know, it was very tied into my self-worth and it felt like kind of a way at getting like winning in my sport felt like a way to get back at the things that didn't feel fair to me or that I felt or, or that I was angry about or, or whatnot. And so I think, you know, long before I was willing to accept help when it came to mental health type stuff, mental health was, it was playing a major role in my day-to-day life, you know, and I think that's true for everyone, whether you know, we're willing to acknowledge it or not. Um, you know, there is an aspect of, um, you know, mental health that matters and it, and it travels generations and it influences what we pursue. And so for me, you know, sports were that outlet, um, you know, as much as it, you know, also applied pressure, it was, it was an outlet for me. And so when I, was no longer able to run it was like pulling out the rug from underneath me um and it was this moment where i had to decide you know what do i do with everything that i have and you know to be honest i i got really depressed i you know basically stopped going to school i i had done all the you know i was doing all these things that i wasn't proud of um and you know as a way to cope with these long-standing feelings when really what I needed was was help and I think you know to some extent like headcase to me reflects you know to your point like a vulnerability but also um and in you know it's it's that odd synthesis of you know this part of me is really intense and this part of me is really vulnerable and and how to deal with that together and I think that's you know, to some extent, like, um, that's what, that's what head, that's what a head case is, right? Or that's even what head case is about. Um, and so we when all you were, have that well, to when some you, degree. So when you're writing a song like head case, it must tap into a lot of feelings that maybe you had buried. Like when you're creating this, like what things came up that you thought, wow, I didn't even realize I had that in me. Um, you know, I think for me, the lyrics really, you know, lyrics really matter to me a lot. Um, and I do, I think part of the therapeutic aspect of music or writing music and of sharing music is that is having that music actually really tied into 
your personal narrative, but in a way that I, you know, I hope other people can relate to it or, or find, you know, some type of message that either empowers them or, or gets them or et cetera. Um, so for me, like, I think back to, um, certain lyrics you know just in terms of like look at my face i'm a head case um you know i used to when i would run i would uh even if i was injured or whatnot when i would get on the starting line i would look at everybody and i would make sure that all my competitors the look i give them convinces them before the race even starts that they have no shot of beating me even if they're better than me even if they're running faster than me, even if they're healthier than me, even if, you know, they've been training longer in that moment, I want them to know from my face, from my demeanor, from, from my posture, that there's no way that I'm letting them beat me. Like I'm going to brute force my way through this. And, um, you know, so that was part of what Headcase was about to me um it sounds like when you were competing you could show no weakness right which is you know and it seems like when you transitioned out of athletics how, how did you cope with uh showing weakness um you know it was hard i think i think a lot of times you know it's not to say that i haven't been weak i think i've had weak moments you know my whole life but um it's about what you show and i think sometimes to your point you know that not showing it not showing that vulnerability it's a bit of a facade right um it is a facade and so you know i was beginning to realize a lot of things um like putting together the pieces of you know, of things that I hadn't, you know, it's like what you said, like, you know, things that you haven't thought about um, or really addressed, like, you know, for me, um, growing up in an, an environment with, you know, alcoholism or, um, you know, having been, um, you know, physically, uh, attacked at times and and um you know for me like there's a bar uh they trying to put me in a box i've been trying to break the locks um and it's followed up you know that's the beginning of the second verse and and what that was you know built around was you know being this person who you know so to be frank, I'm, I'm actually trans. And, um, so me growing up or, or me even until very recently, um, I didn't have like, you know, people had an issue with my identity or my self-expression. Um, and so I constantly felt like I was trying to be put into this box, like, like fit into this. And it led, you know, to me being, you know, physically harmed, mentally harmed, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, 
when I say, but, but asphyxiation is not a plank that I was meant to walk. That was something I had been through, you know, both literally and figuratively. And, um, and ultimately what that is about is about overcoming and learning who you really are. You know, I had part of the reason I chose SK No Edit as my artist name was because I realized that at this point, the only, the only way forward was to be authentic and to just say to everybody, look, this is, this is who I am. And you have the option of, you know, liking it or not, but I'm not going to change because of that, um, you know, no edit. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm real curious, like someone who has, you know, been an athlete like you, especially at the college level, uh, what you majored in math at MIT, you know, very high level, you know, school. But but how, how do you like deal with things when you're no longer the athlete or you're no longer, you know, the, the really good student, like when you're just left to think, you know, I've got to base myself on something else now. It's hard. I mean, so for me, um, you know, like I was saying, it was it was really hard to not be um, this runner anymore. I had something called compartment syndrome, which basically is where you're not getting blood flow below. For me, it was I was not really getting blood flow below my knees while I was exercising. Um, and so it had a major impact on my ability to compete. And so for me, it was, you know, at the time it was, it was pretty devastating because it, it changed, you know, my whole identity at the time, my, you know, the people who I was closest to in my life were also part of that environment. You know, they were my teammates, they were my coaches, they were, um, you know, just my whole identity changed a little bit. Um, and I think at the end of the day, that pivot is something that in the end is, you know, is needed. You don't continue to be that same athlete forever, right? You, you grow, you age, your life changes. Um, but for it to happen so quickly, was really hard. Um, and so for me, I, uh, you know, like I was saying, I was really depressed. I stopped going to school, um, you know, for a little bit and I ended up, well, I was still going to school. I just, I wasn't going to class. And, um, and, you know, it took me a little extra time to even finish, like to graduate um, because of it. And I, uh, but what happened was in that time period, I started taking night classes in uh, music production and engineering. And it gave me something to be a part of again, something to be passionate about. So I think sometimes it's about being able to, to make that pivot, even when it hurts, to just say like, all right, that's unfortunate, but now I have this opportunity to take that energy and put it elsewhere. Was that a hard decision for you to openly share your, your mental health struggles, or do you think ultimately it's brought fans closer to you? Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because so sometimes like I think a lot of people who who know me would say that I am not always very forthright about it in the sense that, um, you know, if I'm 
I may not share some of this stuff with friends or family or whatnot. But, you know, for me, because music became that outlet, and, and honestly, growing up, that's what music had always been to me. It had been a way, like when I didn't know how to express, let's say, anger or hurt or whatnot, um, as a kid, music was there to help me do that, right? You know, um, like I remember there's, you know, it's it's kind of funny. There's there's a song by Blink One Eighty Two called "Shut Up," and it's actually like quite explicit. But elementary school me felt like that song was the perfect um, outlet of anger. Like it, it it felt like it just expressed exactly how I felt. Um, and you know, I think that's ultimately what makes music so special, right? Is the the way that we get to connect with it, the way that we get to to get through some aspect of our lives or, you know, it resonates with our current happiness or our current disappointment or our current hurt. And um, so when I was creating music, it became about, you know, my like writing about things that made me happy or writing about things that were really hard for me, writing about my personal struggle and so in that sense, I've had to be, you know, to, to keep my music honest and reflective of my genuine experience, I had to give, to your point, that vulnerability, right, that I might not otherwise have shown. Um, but that's well, what music's about. It's about being vulnerable. And do you think as an artist, you know, when you use music to explore these things and, and really share something very personal uh, what's what's the healing like? Uh, have you been able to, you know, resolve some things? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think even just sometimes writing about, you know, um, you know, like it's funny because everyone will say like, oh, Mary J. Blige wrote great songs like following up breakups. Or you look at somebody like Taylor Swift, who uh, has written so many songs about like relationship troubles that she's had or um you know even like justin bieber wrote that song lonely about feeling very lonely as you know a celebrity and, and whatnot um i think that it you know for me the mu the the songs start with the music like it'll start with the piano or the guitar or or you know the synth and that just that musical instrument generates some type of feeling and it's about you know it's helped me personally express and heal right because i've been able to to say the things that i don't necessarily get to say in my day-to-day -day life um that i you know i get to express the anger that i might not have the space to express you know toward what i'm actually upset about but I get to let it out in this music sphere. Um, and well, I think that that's a powerful thing. And as an artist, you know, for people who look up to you, that you're able to say things, you know, that they don't have the platform to say. I think what, what are the things you say and do that your fans respond to saying, you know, thank you for, you know, being so brave or thank you for being so fearless. I wish I could say that. 
Um, you know, for me, I've definitely gotten feedback um, from people where, you know, so I have this other song called um, Burn Myself um, that came out just before Headcase. And the concept behind that song was, you know, actually similar, similarly tied to mental health, um, but in a little bit of a different way. And the whole, you know, the concept was um, basically... You know, I burn myself and I need help, but I don't want help. Um, and I remember a couple of people had reached out and said, you know, this song resonates like this experience of being self-destructive and, and yet really, you know, having a hard time getting help, you know, really resonates with, with where I am in my life right now. And so for me, that's very powerful. Um, it makes me, it, it makes me happy to, you know, I feel honored to be able to to share that and to to have to give somebody that um, that outlet in their life, if that makes sense. Like to give someone the ability to say, hey, you know, something, this song or these lyrics, or, or like I don't feel alone right now because you know, this is, this really resonates with what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, in the video, you bring it to another level, you know, beyond the lyrics, especially there's, you know, a moment, I, I think you're like, like tied to, to on top of a collar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was a great time. So, so um, what, is the, what did that, what did that symbolize? So, well, I'll tell you, one of the funny things about that was, so we were in Asbury Park uh, in New Jersey. That was where the director wanted to shoot. Um, and it was hot as hell out, actually. It was like July when we were shooting it. Um, but, you know, when we were shooting those scenes, we had so many people stop, um, you know, because we're on the road. We had so many people stop and, and just film as as it was going on because uh, it looked like a a crazy uh, scenario. I you know what it was meant to symbolize was um, part of that, for lack of a better way of putting it, like that insanity and that intensity, um, you know, and to and to really convey um like in some sense the way i think about it is is that you know when a lot of times when we look at mental health things or or um i don't know how to like it's it, it kind of conveys that reckless impulsiveness right that mm -hmm. sometimes happens that i think the song also conveys um and so that really was what it was meant to tie into. Yeah, kind of like the the chaos that's out of our control. Yeah, um, like the you talking about the specific bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, moving like chaos with purpose. Um, yeah, the, I think that's one of the bars in there. Um, I did think that was a really cool bar, actually, and what excited me about that bar was um 
I think that we think of chaos as this like this entity, right? Like this this you know, if you look at chaos as as something on one hand where it's it's you know you know, we're talking about like entropy and and insanity and impulsivity. Um but you know, and then on the other hand, we think of like, oh, reason and purpose and et cetera. But sometimes those things actually come together. And I think what I've realized for me is that a lot of my personal impulsivity and competitiveness and, you know, quote unquote insanity, right, um, stems from very tangible things, from very purposeful things. It's just that it ends up manifesting itself in this chaotic way. Um, and I think that's the whole idea of, um, you know, mental health and whatnot, is that there is actually a lot of times there is a root to it. There is something that ties in. Um, you know, one thing I'm, I'm noticing, you're very analytical. <laughs> Thanks. I'll I take got, that as a compliment. I, I bet that's why you're so good at MIT. Um, yeah, I mean, I think um like have you always liked the sciences yeah i mean i always liked the sciences i honestly just loved um i loved learning i was a good student um i so, so uh, you're one of the people that like you know how some people get like a college scholarship because they're good at athletics but they hate the school part i mean yeah. you're, you were an athlete that actually liked the school part yeah i did you know, I will say it was one of the really cool things about being an athlete at MIT. I had um, looked at a couple of other colleges, um, and I was actually committed to run somewhere else first. Um, and I ended up changing course. And the reason I, I changed course was because what I found was, uh, you know, at the school I was looking at, it was like every single person on the team um was an art history major and i was like hold on a second like you know i respect art history but there's no way all of you guys are it's statistically improbable that all of you are actually interested in art history you know like you're just <laughs> taking the major to to be to get through you know college while you're running and for me i think i realized that that wasn't the best environment for me um, and the cool thing about running at MIT was that, you know, you had a ton of people who were, who were, you know, top level athletes who were also double majoring, who were doing, um, you know, really following whatever academic interest they had, whether it be, you know, um, you know, it could, you know, art history is not really a big thing at MIT, but it could have been that, if, you know, it was people who were really uh, passionate about whatever academic um pursuit they were um doing and i think in terms of just like an environment being an environment where the school aspect is also appreciated it, it definitely helped me stay focused for a long time so it's kind of like kind of like that old cliche when you know people said that they want to take an easy college class it was always basket weaving <laughs> yeah, exactly. Statistically improbable that uh, all these people are into basket weaving. Yeah, for sure. Like that. You know, for, you know, 
all your influences and whatnot. Uh, do you ever just feel like dropping everything and just starting an all-out punk rock band? Oh man, you know, uh, it's it's hard. So I, for one, I uh, I love performing with a band. I actually won't. I, at this point, I don't perform without a band because it, the live instrumentation i think in some sense we've lost that a little bit in the current music realm because of you know how great technology has gotten and and production through synthesizers and drum machines and whatnot you know it's given people the ability to perform without actual instrumentation behind them but man the the energy is just so different when you have a live drummer and a live guitarist and a live bassist etc um and so for me you know punk rock i definitely it resonates with me um you know like i was saying i have some influences in it um but i think for me that the sweet spot is that meeting point of uh kind of angsty pop rock punk with hip-hop um so nice well before we wrap up here i have a few more questions but where is your preferred social media for people to learn more about you yeah um so the best way to find me is to look up sk no edit either on Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube. Those are generally the best places to get to find me. Um, I try to be super uh, responsive and open with my fans. So, you know, if somebody sends me a message, um, you know, that's thoughtful and uh, either asks a question or, or conveys, you know, a certain sentiment, I definitely try to to be part of that conversation with them. Cause I think that's important because to me, that really is what it's about um, is that shared experience. Um, so that's, those are the best places to find me. And no one will make, make a mistake in finding you. Cause I'm sure you're the only SK no edit out there. Yes. Yeah, I am. You know, for a little bit, I thought of going by just SK. Um, that doesn't work. I was like, I got to find something that you can actually, like it will be the only person you find if you look it up on Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, TikTok, you know, whatever. And so that was definitely, I think, in the age of mass content, definitely makes sense to uh, I would tell any artist out there to find a name that um, do the research and find a name that no one has used. Because SZA was already taken. Really? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Although SK, it's it's funny. I like the initial ones where there's no vowels, like you know, SZA, yeah. SZ. What, what, how does SZA cool spell name. it? She's S S Z A. But I think okay. that's pretty unique too. I don't think anybody. Um, I think too. Part of it is like SZA. No words start with S Z A, so it's it's not a bad choice on her part. I think she uh she oh, she actually made it work. Oh exactly. Well, I want to give you the last word here and you know your story has so many different angles. I'm sure we could get into a lot of, you know, different things, especially, you know, the 
the detour in Boston. I think for some reason yeah. you left a little Boston on your voice. You have a very interesting voice. Thank you. But I think the biggest thing is, you know, identity. You know, like we're saying, you know, at one point you're the college athlete, you know, you're the scholar, you wear many hats. Just uh what is the danger of relying too much on identity, especially when it can shift and just, you know, finding, you know, the core and, you know, what's important to you and, and not other people's, you know, opinion of you or, you know, the labels they want to put on you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think you kind of said it yourself. I think the most important thing is to know your own code. Um you know, have your own principles and morals and whatnot. Um, you know, I think we all become adults at some point and start to actually like determine some of these factors for ourselves. Like we get the opportunity to to build our own moral compass and our own moral code. Um, and I think to your point, tying your identity to any you know one pursuit or you know some like tying your identity strictly down to being an athlete or strictly down to being a musician or strictly down to being you know a student or whatnot it actually clouds out the fact that what really makes you you is all the little things that you do throughout your day um all the ways that you talk to people that you meet on the street or, you know, you know, for me, I have two dogs is, you know, taking care of them. It's all the little things I do to enjoy my life with them um, or to enjoy my life with my girlfriend or, you know, whatnot. And so we like to tie ourselves to these big picture things, but really what makes us us are the little pieces that, you know, fall into place beneath that. Um, so that's what I would say that, you know, as much as the, those, you know, big titles and those big boxes feel like they're our identity, they're just the manifestation of our identity. They're just something that you push who you are through when, you know, at the same time, you haven't actually lost who you are underneath. So that's what I would say. Excellent. And, and one bonus question, not that we, you know, recommend that. Anyone try this at home, but what kind of a rush is it to be tied to a car and, and driving around <laughs> while you're being filmed? Oh, man, it was it was so much fun. I loved it. Um, and it was so funny, too, because I was telling, so, um, you know, one of my music colleagues was was actually driving um, and the videographer was, you know, he was somewhere else because he was he was filming with the drone. And I was telling her, I was like, look you know, do whatever you want, go as fast as you want. Just do not stop short because I'm going to go flying because, you know, part of it was we're also, you know, as much as I'm tied down there, I'm not like there's still a little bit of wiggle room going on. So it was um, it was a blast. It was uh, the first time I've ever done that in my life. And um, I think that that creative thinking outside the box type stuff um you know, that it brought me back to the days of like Buster Rhymes and and, you know, him like doing these wild music videos and, and things like that. I think that's that's really where like 
the fun meets the the hustle so yeah it was exhilarating so you can add to your resume that you do your own stunts yeah you know i feel like that's you got to do your own stunts that's like that's the whole uh that's what makes it fun you know i like that so you 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 can say you and tom cruise do your own stunts yeah exactly me and tom cruise (laughs) <laughs> me, t- me, Tom Cruise, and Steve-O. <laughs> so, oh, that's right. You you got a little... What was that show? Jackass. Oh, my God. Now yeah. you're taking me back. Yeah. 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 Well, hey, I want to remind everyone, been talking with SK No Edit, the really cool video head case with many uh, stunts, and uh, but actually a lot of great singing and rapping in it urge everyone to check that out and i just want to see some full albums come out and i, I want to see you know where you go in 2024 thanks man really appreciate talking to you uh it's been great this has been the rising star podcast with your host kelly hughes <laughs>